Welcome to another episode of B-School, a living case study in aligned action. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, speaker, facilitator, and founder of Inner Workout. B-School is a personal development podcast for collective change. So join me in becoming a student of yourself and the world around you. Let's get studying. Hello, welcome back to another episode of B-School. If you read today's title and you've been around for any length of time, you know I'm about to share some big news with you. Can't wait to share it. But before I do, I want to press pause for just a second and say, have you taken a chance to rate and review the show? I know it sounds really simple and also kind of repetitive, but that 10 seconds you take to rate the show actually does help more people find it. And so if you haven't done it, I would really appreciate it. And if you're like, yep, Taylor did that months ago. Thank you. Thank you. If this show resonates with you or, or any episode resonates with you, please screenshot it, share it on Instagram or wherever you like to share things. So that way more people can find it as well. Okay. With that being said, let's get into the show. So today I'm sharing my journey to self-employment. Yes, I am officially self-employed now, but this journey starts way before 2020. So I gave my notice at my full-time job in August of 2018. But even before then, I've always known that self-employment was something that I was going to aspire to. I knew that it was my dream. As a kid, Like I would always be trying to start businesses or think of different ways that I could create experiences for folks through products or services. And then I've been with my husband since high school. And I remember at one point in our relationship, he actually doesn't remember this conversation, which is funny because normally he's reminding me of things that we talked about before. But I distinctly remember saying, babe, if we're still together and I turn 30 and I'm still working for someone else, you have to make me quit my job. Like I have known in my bones that self-employment was for me. And so what happened during the summer of 2018 is that I just was feeling kind of restless in corporate life. Like I was working for a startup owned by Allstate, their Fortune 100 company. I'd come from being the first full-time employee at a startup where I got to just be hands-on. It's the closest I've ever come to being self-employed just in the fact that a lot of that autonomy I got in my startup role before I transitioned into this quote unquote startup role at Arity, the startup owned by Allstate. And so I was just starting to feel kind of restless there. Like when I originally left Allstate to join that really small startup, there were projects and things that were happening. And then when I joined Arity, Allstate startup, a year and a half or so later, there were conversations that had started when I was still at Allstate that were still happening. And it was just like, it takes a little bit longer to get things done. And there's all of these politics that you have to navigate that I'm just not good at. And I didn't really care to become good at it. And so that summer, I was feeling this tension of like, there are some parts of that job that I loved. But overall, it just reiterated the corporate life working for someone else was not for me. And my friend asked me to co-host a retreat with her. 
So we went to the woods just outside of Chicago and Indiana. And I was journaling a lot that weekend about like, what could it look like for me to leave my job? What are the different ways that I could potentially make money? And I just started making a list. So I was like, okay, I would need clients. I would need a part-time job. I'd want to have this much money in savings and just making it tangible. If I'm going to leave corporate, what needs to be at play? And as I started actually looking at each of those elements, I was like, have this much in savings. Oh, I've got that. Have clients. I already have clients and I feel like I could get some more because remember, I had a company on the side and I'll talk more about that later. And the only thing that was really missing was a part-time job. So I started like reaching out to folks who might need part-time help. And then eventually it kind of just fell in my lap. I was speaking to some high school students and one of the dads in that group was just like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur too. I would love to get lunch with you and just hear where you're at. And I I felt like, great, okay, I'm getting a mentor out of this. I actually left that meal together with a part-time job offer, a soft job offer. There was still, I had to do an interview and I had to do these other pieces, but I was like, okay, this would give me the baseline money that I would need to make sure that I can help contribute to our house and I'm not just leaving us on Matt's income alone. And it was like, okay, I guess this is meant to be. We're ready to go. I also had a dream and not just a dream in the sense of like, I dreamed of being self-employed, but no, I had an actual dream that I woke up from and I was like, holy crap, I actually need to pursue entrepreneurship and self-employment. Like this is a turning point for me and I can either say yes or say no, but it was, it made it clear that this was a line in the sand moment and I decided to go for it. I also had in my journal and as I was talking to my mom and folks about it, I created this hashtag for my goal, hashtag self-employed 2020. I even got it embroidered on this jean jacket, just like This is what I'm working towards. My goal is to be self-employed by the end of 2020. And I mentioned my friend Amelia all the time on the podcast. And I remember talking to her and she was just like, yes, Taylor, self-employed 2020 is awesome. Also, it could be December 31st, 2020, and you're still good. Like that still counts. And I needed that. We need those reminders sometimes. And so, yeah, at that time, what that picture looked like for me is that I had my brand strategy firm, Jubilant. And so I was going to scale that, get more clients and have that be one of the big things that supports me. And then I also had an online shop called Emancipation that sold self-care goods. And so I was like, yeah, and if I can do some more volume with that shop, that can be another stream of revenue. And between those two things, that can be what sustains me in terms of employment. Okay, so that's kind of where I thought things were going. Grow jubilant, grow emancipation. But then after I'd quit my full-time job and I stepped into this part-time role, which I still had a lot of flexibility over. So in the beginning, I was in the office, I think two days a week. And then the rest of the time I worked remotely, got to choose my hours, working with clients, again, remotely, got to choose how I worked with them. And so I, for the first time, was really in control of my days, more so than I'd ever been before. 
and that tiptoe into self-employment gave me some realizations. So I realized pretty shortly after leaving my full-time job was that like, I actually was not super excited about doing the self-care shop anymore. Not that I didn't think the topic was interesting as those of you who know me now, self-care is still something that I am talking about all the time. But the way that I was engaging with that topic through the shop didn't feel right anymore. And I was like, I know there's something else here. This isn't it. And I paused the shop and said, okay, I'm just going to trust that the right idea, the right way for me to talk about self-care, the right company will come along and I'll know when I'm ready to pursue it. So I let that go. And then I had my days spent with my part-time job with my clients for Jubilant. And then eventually this podcast came into the mix as something that I did as well. And I want to be super clear as I'm talking about my journey to self-employment, that it was a winding road. Even this episode, I worry about it sounding too like step-by-step, this happened and this happened. And I want you to picture that there were so many other conversations and side things and things that I explored that happened outside of this because there were. And if I went down every rabbit hole, every option that I thought of, it would just be a super long episode. So know that none of this was a straight line. I would zig, I would zag, and then I'd kind of start to find my way. And then something else would pop up too. So like I said, I tried a bunch of things. I dabbled in what if I become like a coach and I do one-on-one coaching either for branding or for self-care? Maybe that's what I do. I had a phase where through my part-time job, which I didn't really mention, I think I mentioned on the show before, but I was working at an engineering services firm, specialized engineering services firm. And a lot of what I was doing was marketing, but it was nothing like the marketing that I'd experienced for the most part. I did build their website and manage their social media, but it was also like building relationships with people, chasing after requests for proposals and building out a proposal package that painted us in a good light and showed why we were the firm that should be picked over all the other ones who were also responding to the request for proposal or the RFP. When I learned about that, I was like, oh, maybe we could start chasing these as jubilant. My husband is a designer and a web developer. And I was like, I bet we could get some of these. And so started chasing after RFPs, got pretty close to getting some of them. But because the process is so long, it's like months and months before they decide. And with how much I was learning and integrating, by the time we'd hear back from something, I'd be like, oh, this isn't exactly what we want. And I'll tell you why. I also got to work with a bunch of different clients in different ways. Some of it was like building websites and stuff that I had primarily done for myself before, but got to work with people on their brands and their website and their voice and content strategy. And yeah, I still get jazzed about that stuff. I just funnel it in different ways now. And so at this point, we are in May of 2019. And what happened is that I got really sick. I had some type of, I don't even know what it was, but I was tired. I was exhausted. At one point I had a fever and I just was not feeling great. I also had a speaking engagement and I was like, you know what? Like my fever is not super high. I can push through this. Even though for me, I'm normally, my temperature is normally at like 97 degrees. So even if I get up to 99, that's a low grade fever for most people but that can feel pretty crappy for me. 
just because my temperature tends to be on the low side. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just power through. I'll pop some pills. I'll do this 45-minute session and peace out and take a nap. And then when I got back home and I took a nap, I was like, oh, wait, I have hours that I need to build because the way that I make money right now is that people pay me per project and we can split that out on a monthly basis, but there's deliverables or clients have me on retainer and I have to bill a certain amount of hours in order to get me to where I need to be money-wise. So I was in this place where self-care was still something that I cared about. I was exhausted. I was sick. And I rested as much as I could, but I didn't feel like I could fully rest because it was choosing between like, am I going to make enough money this month or am I going to give my body the rest that it needs? And I never wanted to be in that situation again. That was a really clear turning point for me is that the way that I was building this company was not something that I wanted to continue with for the long term. And so that's when I really started to reconsider self-employed 2020. I was like, okay, if scaling jubilant means that I have to work when I'm sick, or I don't really feel like I can get a vacation because of the way that it's currently structured, or even if it's hiring employees, but then having to constantly be like, do we have enough incoming work to be able to cover their salaries? Like I said, my husband's a designer and a web developer. Now he works in-house someplace, but before that he worked at agencies and I could con- I could see all the time the obsession with, did you log your hours? Did you do this? Are you going overtime or undertime? That balancing act was not something that I wanted for myself. It just wasn't. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, I don't need to have self-employed 2020. I don't need to work for myself by the end of 2020 if it's going to look like this, if it's going to look like me stressed about how many hours I'm billing or me bringing on someone else, but constantly feeling like I have to chase after clients to make our life sustainable. I just, I didn't want it. I really didn't. And so I said, self-employed 2020, that was great. It got me to here, but it can now be self-employed whenever, as long as the way that I was building out my business and building out my life was something that I'd be happy with for the long term. It had to be in alignment. And I talked when I was reintroducing B-School about process over progress. I feel like this is such a good example of it. So I got really focused on the process of how I wanted it, my work days to feel, about what type of work I wanted to be doing. And dude, I always have to be involved with it or not, how I wanted to feel when I was involved with it. I did a lot of that work instead of just chasing after the progress goal of check mark self-employed 2020. Because I now saw I could hit that goal. I could keep getting clients. Maybe I have to lower my rate or maybe I have to cut corners in this way. I could make a path to where I was making the amount of money that I wanted to make to be fully self-employed, but I knew that I would lose myself in the process and I would lose what I wanted to get out of self-employment in the process. And I wasn't willing to do that. So I let go of that purely progress-driven goal of only being self-employed by 2020 and said, you know what? Self-employment is the key part. I'm going to focus on the process. I'm going to focus on the alignment in that. And it brought me to where I am right now recording this episode with you. 
I stopped focusing on progress and really aligned myself in process. So to get back to the timeline of things, at that point, after I had this revelation and got sick, I was already starting to kind of build and test inner workout. I'd had the idea and I was testing out the format, dreaming about what I thought it could be, starting to build the brand. And every decision I made was intentional. I wasn't just thinking about, okay, how can I make money now? I wanted to think about how I would be positioned in the long run. Like, is the way that I'm approaching this decision going to set me up for five years from now as I have to keep living with the repercussions of this decision? And that helped me build the company and continue to build the company in a way that feels like I'm excited about the work that I get to do for it. Not to say that there are not parts that are kind of like blah or really operational and not in the nerdy operational way that I love. I guess the word is more like administrative. That doesn't always excite me, but overall, yes. And I can trace that back to me asking questions because I didn't want to get to another point where I was super, super stressed and doing things just so I could pay the bills. Because if I wanted to do something just to pay the bills, I could very easily just go start applying for full-time jobs. So in late 2019, I was working part-time for that engineering services firm. I was building inner workout, and then I was still doing some client work. And through a network that I was a part of, I saw a request for proposal and RFP for the opportunity to facilitate with Google. And I was like, huh, that would be interesting. Like, if I have to do some client work, I love facilitation. Like, I did facilitation in both of my stints at Allstate in different capacities. And so much of what I do for inner workout is figuring out how to create experiences. When I'm doing facilitator training, I'm thinking about how can I engage people with this content so that it sticks and so that they can take it outside of the room. And also it's with Google. Like how cool would that be to have Google as a client? And I had so much imposter syndrome. I was like, I'm not qualified. I'm not blah, 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 blah. But I went ahead and I just said, okay, cool. I'm going to go for it. That was late 2019. And then in January, 2020, I actually gave my notice at my part-time job. I just realized that there was a lot going on there. And I was doing a lot of things to try and make sure the company was putting the best foot forward. But I really wanted to be doing those things for my company. And I I wasn't looking to be in a role where I was running someone else's company. So I gave my notice there and I saw a posting for AmpJar. I've mentioned AmpJar before about being a community manager and this opportunity to talk to people who are business owners in Chicago and go to different events and get them excited about AmpJar. If you're not sure what AmpJar is, I'll include a link in the show notes so you can learn more about AmpJar, but not going to do a whole AmpJar commercial here, even though I love them. And so my last day for my engineering services part-time job was February 29th, 2020. I knew that I had this Google contract in. I knew I could work a flexible amount of hours a week for AmpJar and then I was going to keep growing in our workout. I went to a conference in California to Alt Summit, and then I came back. And a week or so later, there was a global pandemic, as you all are aware. And all of a sudden, the plans that I had to travel with Google to facilitate 
yeah, it was all up in the air. I had Ampjar and the rest was kind of like, okay, what are you going to do with this, Taylor? It was the closest that I had been to self-employment. But then all of a sudden, I felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. And in that, I kept going back to the type of company and the type of life that I wanted to build. And so I had this brief stint where I thought I was going to do a lot of live online classes. And I ended up building the Take Care Assessment instead, which has been incredible tool for me to use to support myself, but also seeing other people get to know themselves through the Take Care Assessment and through the introduction. And I know that this is not everyone's story, but I'm really, really fortunate in that in the midst of COVID and quarantine, inner workout kind of just took off from a mixture of people really needing self-care and me pitching and finding partnerships. And then also being a Black woman-owned business and people later on as the conversation was started by George Floyd's murder, but continued to talk about how we could start to support Black people in every aspect of life, including entrepreneurship. I had incredible opportunities for inner workout to be put in front of people that I wouldn't have been able to afford to pay for that kind of exposure. And yeah, so I got to this point where I had given up on self-employed 2020 and all of a sudden I have a business that's growing a lot. And then Google decided, hey, we're going to move our everything that we were planning to virtual because if you've heard in the news, they're not going back until sometime in 2021. And I ended up becoming a master faculty member. So now they're a client of mine and I get to work with them to facilitate virtual content. And then through that, I was introduced to Franklin Covey. They're a big um, personal development leadership training company. And I recently signed a contract with them as well. And so I have some two pretty large clients one being Google and then one being Franklin Covey, who works with a lot of Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies for leadership development training. And in earlier this month, I just quietly became self-employed. Isn't that crazy? Like it wasn't something that I fully planned on, but I realized with Ampjar, I couldn't necessarily keep reaching out and doing what became more of a business development role when I was trying to focus so much of my business development and partnership efforts on growing inner workout. And it was getting confusing. So I stepped back from that. I still wholeheartedly endorse everything that they're doing and will continue to shout their praises from the rooftops, just not as an employee. So now I'll kind of give you a breakdown for how I spend my days as I'm just a few weeks into being self-employed 2020, which again, wasn't necessarily planning for that to happen this year. But when I got really clear on the process and what I wanted it to feel like, I ended up here anyway. So I spend my time facilitating for clients. Like I mentioned, Google and Franklin Copy. It ends up being, this is all pretty new, but it's looking like it's primarily going to be once a week. Maybe there are some weeks where I'll do twice a week creating this podcast, which is, again, I mentioned like how I spend my time, not just how I make money, because I don't really make money from this podcast. I spend money on my editor. I spend money on my podcast manager and 
we're looking at ways where I can start to share things that can feel aligned and maybe start to monetize. But this now is something that I do because it feels really right to do it. And then the rest of my time is spent growing inner workout. And that looks like a lot of things. The exciting things like teaching facilitator training and doing partnership events and creating new projects and also behind the scenes stuff of like bookkeeping and looking at how much we're spending on overhead and building systems and processes. So that's how I spend my days now between facilitating for clients, B-School, and growing in our workout. So I focused on process rather than progress. And the end result is honestly something that I didn't realize was possible. Like when I conceptualized self-employed 2020, I didn't have this in mind. I didn't even know it was something that I could dream up. I have flexibility and autonomy. Yes, to a certain extent, I still am in my facilitation work, exchanging time for money. But I get to say, yes, I want to do this one. No, I don't want to do this one. Yes, I want to work with this client. No, I don't want to work with this client. I get to decide what I do and how often I do it. I also get to use gifts that I didn't really realize were gifts. Like, I love facilitation. I love it. I love designing experiences. I love facilitating other people's content, but putting my own spin on it. I love those moments where I can see that someone is going to take this with them outside of the room. And I didn't really realize that was a gift or even how much I enjoyed doing it until this season. And now it is a big part of my days and I'm grateful for it. And also having some of this client work outside of what it was looking like with Jubilant means that I can grow inner workout really intentionally instead of having it be outside of necessity. I don't have to do things to make a quick buck because I know that I am able to facilitate for clients and then funnel that money back into inner workout. And so I can grow slow and with intention while still having that flexibility and autonomy that I wanted. And it's just been the best gift. So I want to leave with things that if I could sit down and have a conversation with myself in 2018 and the things that I want to say to you now, this is, this is what I'm having. This is you and me socially distanced, grabbing a coffee, or I don't know why I said coffee. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> having a tea, having a Topo Chico, whatever your drink of choice is. The first thing I would say is slow down. Like faster isn't necessarily better. And originally, before it was self-employed 2020, I was going to try and make it 2019. And I was like, uh, that's really fast. I'll make it 2020. But when I released and said, okay, you know what? It's not self-employed 2020 anymore. It's actually self-employed whenever it happens um, is when self-employed 2020 was then able to become a reality. The second thing I'd say is to consider both feelings and figures. And what I mean by that is you have to think about the numbers, but you also have to think about the life you want to create and how that's going to feel. Danielle Laporte does a lot of work around core desired feelings. And I wish I would have thought about that a little bit more. I'm really proud of the way I looked at the numbers all throughout this process. When I said, okay, I have to have this much in savings. When I looked at, okay, this is what needs to happen in order for me to step out and be fully self-employed and then could track my numbers against that. I'm so glad that I did that. And honestly, I probably now would also tell 
myself in 2018 to double the amount of money that I had in savings because that can go fast, especially when you're like me and you were zigging and zagging all over the place. But I wish I would have, outside of looking at the numbers, which I was good at, I wish that I would have thought more about the feelings that I want to cultivate because once I connected to that, I was able to make decisions in alignment with this reality, with what is now my reality right now. But I had to get clear on those feelings. And I was kind of just like, oh yeah, I want to be self-employed. That'll be great. The third thing is give yourself permission to change. You are allowed to change. You can have self-employed 2022 and realize it's actually C-suite 2025. You can change as you get to know yourself more. Your goals, the things that you want are allowed to change. And I honestly think that that's a sign of really intense self-awareness and growth where you're able to say, I thought that this was what was best for me and what I wanted. And now that I know myself better, I'm actually going to go down a different path. I'm proud of myself for being willing to let go of self-employed 2020. And any of you who are listening and like, okay, maybe I need to rethink my plans. I'm proud of you for even being willing to have that conversation. The next thing I'll share is to check your ego. I had a lot of ego around being self-employed. I did around like, okay, I'm not having any money that comes from an employer. I want it to be only me and all of these different things. And it was just stupid. Like there is nothing morally better about being self-employed. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's much harder. But I knew that it was a path that was aligned for me. And so instead of having it be like, I'm self-employed because entrepreneurship is cool right now, I need to tune back into I'm self-employed because I know that this is the best way for me to live out my purpose right now. There's a difference. And there's plenty of times where I let my ego be the voice that was loud. And you want to be self-employed because this, because then you can say self-employed that you're self-employed. And because, like I said, because people think entrepreneurship is cool and sexy and to be able to say that you're doing it full-time somehow makes you more valid. It doesn't, which brings me to the last one is to release what should be. So if I was doing what I would have thought should was, I'm an interesting case because my should always included like doing multiple things, but I could have very easily said, I'm not going to work with Google. I'm not going to work with Franklin Covey because in order to really be the real version of self-employed, again, there's a little bit of the ego in there too. You can't even work with large companies or have them be larger clients of yours, which is stupid. Like release whatever shoulds you have and you get to create your reality. Now I have my days and weeks that are spread across a few different projects and it's actually really fun for me. And I actually bring the insights that I've learned from Google into how I show up for inner workout and vice versa. There's all of these, this cross-pollination that happens and it's because I let go of any arbitrary shoulds around what self-employment should look like. So this was long. I knew it would be a doozy, but this is my journey to self-employment. And I'm here and I'm navigating and I'm figuring it out. And there are things that I look back and as I was writing the notes for this episode where it's like, man, I could have approached this very differently. Maybe things would look a little bit different now if I did, but I'm also really 
really grateful to be here now. And my goal is to always be as honest and transparent as I can while also like keeping certain things private for myself and for my family. But this is my journey to self-employment. And it took me, I mean, Jubilant, my brand strategy firm, I started that five years ago. And so it's been a long journey and it's going to continue to be a long journey. And that's why I'm so excited that I've built it in a way that feels aligned because I have the energy to keep moving forward, even when I have to do the boring, not exciting stuff, because it is so in alignment with my values and the type of life that I want to live. So I hope that this was encouraging to you. I hope that for those of you who are listening, who want to get to the point where you're self-employed, that you can be encouraged by the story. But also if you're whole thing is like to go to the C-suite or to do something else to start a foundation that it also gave you a little bit of encouragement as well. My goal is not to say that this is the end all and be all because it's not. This is a data point of one. It's my story. And I just hope that you feel a little bit seen in me sharing the story with you. So that's it. Your girl is self-employed now. Thank you so much for listening especially if you made it all the way to here. And I will be back in your earbuds next week. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.